You're listening to Buffs and Blindsides, the definitive, unofficial Survivor 44 commentary podcast. Second Hell to yeah. only Jeff Probst's podcast and Rob's podcast and maybe like the dozens more out there. But hey, we're brand new, still getting our footing. Our feet have just hit the beach. Emphasis we'll be taking... on close second. <laughs> True. Uh, we'll be taking down the big dogs one day. All right, episode two today. Uh, spoilers ahead, so if you haven't already checked out episode two of Survivor 44 on Paramount Plus or CBS, go do that before we uh, get going. So how's it going, Evan? Uh, not great. It's, it's going pretty fucking bad after my winner pick went home in episode two. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, mine's still going. Um, yours is still going. I, I'm feeling good I about think... yours. I think the vote last week was rough and this week was rough. Um, I think I in the past week on the vote. Yeah, this week, but we'll get into those when we get into them. Right. I think I don't know. I guess in the past week, we've kind of seen that the edit isn't really. It leaves out a lot of stuff. So we a had the Maddie, uh, the Maddie vote last week, um, which seemed kind of like insane in some ways um like haphazard chaotic yeah yeah two people playing their shot in the dark um people kind of making some nonsensical voting decisions there and then maddie going home um so we did see in her exit interview that there is a little bit more than we saw on the show um Mm -hmm. i guess she kind of um I'm trying to think back now because I, I haven't watched it recently. I watched it like Wednesday or Thursday or whenever it came out to what actually happened. I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, but I'm trying to <laughs> rack my brain for it. Um, so basically, I guess Jamie was targeted at some point. So that's why she played her shot in the dark. Um, we saw this week that Matthew or Matt... Um, not sure what, what he goes by. I think Jeff called him Matthew today. We have another Matt on the show. Um, I think we should just establish right now. We're going to call bearded barbershop beard. owner Matthew. And let's call software engineer in love with Franny Matt. Right. Okay. okay. That sounds good. I like it. Um, yeah. So Matthew, we saw this week, played a shot in the dark, obviously, to get out of the vote and kind of abstain. And not... Which- hella kudos to us we had that we had that call last week so way to go i, we know how to I don't know it. if we really had that call i think it was that i we... brought it up i had that call. okay okay i definitely saw it online as like a theory that he was playing smarter than it actually looked um yeah so we saw that play out i, I um... love that play <laughs> by the way like cl- people take votes so so fucking personally and i, I can't even begin to figure out why um but good play by matthew we can see the heat it brought on kane actually putting that vote on brandon um matt made the right play matthew made the right play yeah so we saw maddie kind of scrambling and trying to gun for brandon who played his idol in the end and obviously she went home um but i think there's a little bit more than than meets the eye there and like i think she was trying to work with kane um and kane or she was trying to get him to vote with her or something and he was nowhere to be found and she could only talk to matthew 
for some reason to try to sway him to vote with her and Mm -hmm. he tipped off brandon to play his idol or something like that yeah i do remember Um, matthew being the one who told brandon to play the idol yeah right and is it lauren or laura lauren Lauren? yeah okay yeah so she had that advantage as well and like more people knew about that than the show let on um so all those things kind of played into what happened last week and still an unfortunate vote i would have liked to see maddie go a bit farther um but just kind of recapping that so let's go into this week the only thing that provides solace to me and maddie going home early is that we clearly still have plenty of chaos left on this cast yeah, the, uh, she was not our only source. The, we've got a lot still going. That ep- this episode made that painfully clear. Yeah, yeah. I think we can get into that a little bit later. Um, talking about the edit a little bit. Do we have anything else that happened in the past week that we want to talk about? Um, I think there were there was some talk on Survivor Twitter. the The big tweet that I saw come up a lot was Carson's, basically saying that people are being too mean to the contestants of Survivor 44. Um, and you got to remember what it was like when you were on the island, that kind of deal. Um, frankly, seemed a little soft to me. I don't know. I haven't been seeing that much hate for these guys or nothing more than the past couple seasons have gotten. Um, uh, Randy Bailey had a beautiful clap back about how there's no way this kid would have made it back in his day. And there's <laughs> what a wonderful old man take from Randy that is painfully accurate in my opinion classic randy i don't think randy's actually like there's no way he's actually a mean guy he's just kind of playing yeah. into his character oh i think he's totally which, playing which i love character. it i love it because if he if he didn't play to the character what would survivor gabon be like we need him to be the curmudgeon <laughs> all right do we want to get into this week then i think we should and i i gotta say we started off with the the single best part of the episode came three seconds in when we uh Got a I know what you're talking about. Of the I old know what you're song. talking about. Ancient voices. They played like three bars of it, and it just made me feel all good and warm. I, I hope they do that every week from now on. Yeah, I don't even know why they don't go back to. I think in the late '30s seasons, they didn't do like the full intro, but it was just like um, they showed the logo or something and some island yeah uh shots with the theme right why can't Mm -hmm. we have the theme back it seems like a very important piece to like maybe the marketing or the branding of the show why don't they why are they hold withholding it from us and i i feel like we still are getting that little intro slide right each episode opens with like some sort of survivor logo just do what you did today give me give me four notes of the song and it'll make me feel good i'll hear it in my head and you know move on with a, a good start Right. It was just, it provided some energy. It got me into the survivor mood. And I was kind of in a college basketball mood with all the tournaments this week. <laughs> so it, it was helpful to context switch. Well, yeah, I'm calling it like today in a few seasons, they're going to bring back like a returnee season and bring back the intro or something and make a huge okay. deal okay. out of it. I'm here for Jeff. It. I'd be so Jeff here. is going to do like some really on the nose commentary, like <laughs> talking into a camera just specifically about bringing the theme back. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Make a big deal out of it. Um, and, and then, of course, right after the theme, 
my vibe dies because one of my survivor pet peeves i've already mentioned this um this episode is when you get back from tribal council and you take someone putting a vote on you like way too way too freaking personally <laughs> uh, and that is exactly what brandon did it, it drives me crazy i i don't understand it uh it's a game you gotta vote for someone unless you pull a matthew and throw out a random shot in the dark like i don't know why that's something we take so personally when you've known a person for two days and they toss a vote on you your thoughts, Tim, on Brandon's reaction to getting a vote on him? It doesn't surprise me at all. He yeah, seems like the kind of person. It just <laughs> he seems like me the off. kind of person to do that. Um, it just makes me hate him. Yeah, obviously it puts Kane in a bad spot, unfortunately. But and, and um, Kane like just seems kind of clueless. I guess um, I don't know. I'm just getting the vibes that Kane's going to be really good at doing what he's told to do. He, not much he doesn't seem clueless, but he just seems like he feels a bit powerless or something, and he's not really doing anything to fix his situation. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and then and then Survivor was like, hey, we'll give you some more good vibes back. And they they show me Matt and Matt being all cute about his dog and Claire talking about her dog dogs. Always a soft spot into our hearts. We learn about Matt getting, you know, his girlfriend breaking up with him, which you know, Carson told us last week, don't advertise how you're single on TV uh, or your DMs will get flooded. I wonder if Matt will have the same situation or if with the uh, Franny showman is going to stem that for him. Yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe they're still together. You don't know. Maybe that. Yeah, that'll actually be a really fun like thing for us to find out eventually. Right. At the end of this season is if they're still In together. The it would be like the Survivor reunion and Jeff's like, hey, what's the story with this? And, and then he'd be like. How's the sex? You know, he, he's asked some of those really weird ones before. Well, well, who was it? Oh, it was Eric in China. Are you still a virgin? Classic. <laughs> Just wild. But the, they the got China. married, though. They got married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Um, Matt, as our showman's guy, Matt and Franny, they're adorable. I, I love a good nerdy couple. They're so cute. Holy, they just melt my heart a little bit out there. I would agree with that. One thing that I was kind of cautious of with the edit, um, <laughs> I know you're just kind of getting into like, oh, I really like this. I'm getting into the, the deep uh, analysis of what's going on here. Um, I would just say like this whole time, what's Franny thinking about this? We didn't really see that. We kind of saw Matt like, oh, I'm kind of concerned about spending all this time. We see like Claire kind of, um talk to them briefly about it but we don't really see what franny says is she gonna stab him in the back <laughs> she had a confessional she had one about how she really likes talking with matt and really loves like being with him and getting along with him they just get along really well um but then she definitely was like i think the one of the duo pushing like we need to spend some time apart today because we're getting a little too close you know i don't think there's any like romantic implication behind that though like oh yeah fair Good point. Good point. Like she was just kind of like, I really like spending time with this guy. He's already put her head on his shoulder like three times, though. So. I feel like that's not nothing. She could just be being nice. She could that just could just be her style. It could definitely be. But we know there is a showmance, and I I'd be shocked if it's not these two at this point. So that would be quite the quite the blind side if they hit. It us would be interesting else. to see where this goes too. To be honest. I like having a little side thing we get to check in on throughout the weeks. When I get sick of looking at looking at fucking bird cages for the 10th straight minute, I can think about Matt and Franny and get happy. 
yeah, let's get into it. So first birdcage, Danny. Danny is a character, man. I, I, I like Danny a lot. His confessionals are very enjoyable. I would agree. I think he's, he just seems like so out of um, Survivor in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, that in like a bad way. Um, like he just seems he's not the super fan, right? That we're always seeing talking about oh, how my experience relates to Survivor. Like, he's just mm-hmm. kind of living in the moment, um, enjoying his time out there, and that's what we love to see. And I really, honestly, I thought this episode was very fun. Like, it started out great with the non-Superfan perspective, because, like, Matt and Franny are, like, definitely giving off a couple vibes, and that's something any Superfan would know not to do or, like, would tell themselves not to do. Like, Carolyn... Again, she is a super fan, but like she's just so crazy. Like it doesn't matter that she's a super fan. She's gonna have act how she acts. Like you said, Danny is just out there doing his thing. It's kind of nice getting away from super fandom. It's enjo- it's it's an enjoyable break. Yeah, and as we talk about later, like um, he he kind of successful. He successfully gets away with finding this key and not telling anyone about it. No one seems to be on to it. I fucking loved when he like found it. And then the first thing he did was mock people who tell everyone about their advantages. Like right away, he just like made a joke about that. And I was like, how you knew he found the idol. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And getting into the next idol too, I guess one question that I have is with this edit, when do you think this happened? Like, do you think this realistically could have happened on an earlier day? Don't you think? How does it happen that like, they took so long to find it um, when Ratu or someone, another tribe, they found it right away or they're looking for it right away. Do you really think that Soko was just kind of like sitting around all the time and like it took them a few days to find it? No, not at all. I, I think Soka was irrelevant to that first episode from a tribe, um, like from a tribe perspective, like there was no intrigue there. They they weren't going to go to tribal council. Like the only thing we were really going to learn was about Matt and Franny or, you know, the start of some chemistry there. Um, so I bet they found theirs earlier. And I think Survivor kind of used this episode by and large as a vehicle to establish these advantages and get these bird cages out of the way. I mean, we talked a lot about advantages this episode, you know? Yeah. And I think it's good that, they're kind of getting it out of the way now because it would really be annoying if it was like three or four episodes down and then someone finally got to the advantage or something. And, uh, and I agree. I think that's kind of what we saw happen with the beads in um, 43, right? Which I, I thought the beads was a really good twist, but it just kind mm-hmm. of like it dragged on for like three separate episodes. And I was kind of I was done with it after the first time we saw it. And then I came back three weeks later. This time we had to see all three tribes do the birdcage, but like it's done by episode two so it's kind of like whatever yeah it's definitely it's definitely the jeff probst book of just like throwing random stuff at contestants and seeing or contestants i should say survivors whatever they call them Mm -hmm. um just throwing random stuff at them and seeing how they deal with it so it's like oh let's give three three different um three same advantages three different tribes how do each of these tribes deal with it 
they're going to deal with it differently. I'm not really, I don't care. I don't really yeah. want to see the same thing three times. It's the same more thing. Likely, three, it's more likely than changes. not, they're going to do the same thing because yeah. everyone you, in this game is a Survivor super fan. Uh-huh. Unless you're Brandon, who's going to take the bag and like make it very clear that he has something when it was really easy to keep hidden that he had it. Uh, I don't know. That was not, not the best play. I'm glad we saw the other two, Danny and Carolyn, put the bags back like they did. I think that was really smart. You know, Caroline, I, I kind of get how it happens. You leave it untied like, you know, you're in the heat of the moment. Um, but I was just glad, you know, we saw that adaptation come in. Um, yeah. W- while I bring up Caroline and this idol, Tim, I have to ask, I think it might have been the weirdest thing I've ever heard in a confessional. She dug through her son's say. poop for three days to find a tooth so that he could put a tooth under his pillow for the tooth fairy who the fuck does that what is that, that? that there's no way the tooth fairy is that important to this boy and then they like show his picture and the dude is like 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 14 <laughs> when it happened i was about to be like six <laughs> that seems so on brand with their character that it's just it's not it wasn't surprising to me it was just kind of like a what the heck moment um and you know what the worst part is is like if this were anyone else, I'd be like, oh, they were like keeping an eye on it. They made sure their kid like, oh, if you see it in your poop, you know, we can get it out. Right. I believe Carolyn took a fishnet, went in the toilet, fished that shit out and like went through it with a fork. Like she's that committed to the bit, which I love about her. Wild confessional and really wild thing to admit on television. But I love that part of her. Yeah. So she gets the idol. Um I I was just shocked how she got away with it, right? That tribe is so how, dumb, just man. Literally, how did no one put literally like, no one how even look at her? There was she was away from the whole tribe the whole time, um, and then and then she, she somehow like avoided the bag search, and I'm seriously convinced if anyone just asked her like the simplest question, she would have cracked. I mean, she like is incapable of shutting up, which bless her for it. Like she's hilarious. She's incapable of shutting up. And then the the second they talk about an idol, she goes dead silent and just stares at the ground. And these geniuses who are really good at reading people can't figure out she has it. Like you're, you're kidding me. How are they so dumb? Like person, you read a book on interrogation techniques and the lady staring at the ground, like suspiciously didn't tip you off, but Helen's crossed arms really threw you for a loop buddy. Yeah, um, that also brought up something that I found really interesting from the Jeff Probst podcast. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how in his free time he watches police interrogation videos. <laughs> and somehow yeah, that, that gets strange, him in yeah. the mindset for Survivor. I couldn't get the connection there, but... I can't it... wait for him to have some analogy, you know, or some police officer to come on the show and give an analogy about how interrogating people is going to be really helpful. I'm sure Tony's already done it at some point, but yeah, but this also just felt like classic Carson, um, kind of Ars- what I originally suspected of him from pregame of just someone who talks a lot of game, but like when it comes down to it, it's just kind of incompetent. Carson is the guy who thinks he's really good at everything and is almost incompetent at everything, but that's just me. Um, All right, let's get to the challenge, right? The emphasis on the challenge. There's only one this episode. The challenge. Um, 
Not the show, the challenge. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with the show, the challenge. Go, Michelle. This is a survivor anyway. podcast. Um, yeah, only one challenge. Uh, and of course, that one challenge is an obstacle course followed by a recycled, and then I'm going to put in air quotes, puzzle, because it's not really a puzzle. Um, and it's not even the interesting variant of the puzzle. That, you know, that uh, the snake board, they've done it with two people where each is pulling one thing. Way more interesting than just watching one person do it. Right? Like, why were they choosing the most basic, boring variants of things for challenges these days? Wild to me. Yeah. And I guess before we get into that, I wanted to mention some other things. Mm -hmm. Soka just dominates the challenge, um, unsurprisingly. And then Josh kind of blew it in the end um, with that I was amazed thing. he pulled that off. I thought for Claire... sure he was going to need to tap out, and then he just nailed it. But Claire sitting out again. When did that um, rule change, by the way? Let's talk about I that. was I was talking about that with people I was watching this with. I was curious about that, too, because it used to be like you had to sit out someone else, right? Right. You couldn't or maybe back that back was like immunity or reward. No, they were both immunities. OK. Yeah, I don't know when that rule changed. I almost wonder if like Jeff said who's sitting out and then Claire said her and then Jeff was just like, OK, I'm not going to bother. Like that's happened with Mike in the phrases, right? Mike didn't say his phrase and then the producers never like made him say it. I'm starting to wonder if you just like act confidently around Jeff, he'll just kind of let you do whatever the fuck you want. Because it's changing the game, you know? There's just so much BS that he comes up with that he just forgets the basic rules of the game. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> He was it. caught up in the latest advantage. Yeah, he was thinking um, about the bird cages and not focusing on who set out. Yeah, so getting back to that last part of the challenge, obviously a recycled thing that we've seen for the wait, past. Wait, actually... Real fast before we do that, Heidi pulls the sword out of her like belt, right? The sword <laughs> immunity idol, and there's this just glorious metallic saber sound. No way it was real. No way it was real, right? <laughs> Did you hear it? Did you hear it too? That is excellent editing from it whoever had to did be that. Editing. Um, it was props. glorious. If if the person who worked on that ever listens to this podcast, which I doubt they will, um, props to them. And then my one other thing before we get into the ending part of the challenge, I did really like the drawbridge kind of going with the medieval theming where they had to cross the drawbridge and everyone got over it. Yeah, that was fun. Anyway, final that was kind of cool, but it also felt like someone it was would lame. fall off. It someone was lame. Was, it was so short. Yeah, it didn't actually like matter at all, but it was cute. They tried. Um, OK, anyway, the the air cold puzzle at the end. Thoughts. Yeah, so they've been doing this puzzle or whatever you want to call it. This stretch of the challenge for the past few seasons, we've seen it as individual immunity. We've seen it in um, tribe immunity challenges. Um, literally before the challenge ends, well, when the challenge ends, Jeff's talking to Matthew about how he did this thing. He pulled his arm out of the sling and was able to do it because he had oh he God. built one at God, home. This pissed me off so much. So and like not this at Matthew, right? Like like do what you gotta do. Any anyway, yeah, go for it. I had the same exact thought even before like as the the as the challenge was going on, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, okay, we've seen this so many times. What is stopping people from just building these things at home and practicing them? We've seen it on literally every season. Why are people not taking the time to like build these things at home, train? 
um, do the puzzles. And I guess some things they swap out enough, but... But not really. It's just like... And, okay, getting into the comments on Reddit from what I saw about this challenge, people were like, okay, Survivor, why are you highlighting this as a positive rather than fixing the challenge? That was that, that was someone it. could like, literally prepare for this game at They're home. proud of the fact that people are like practicing the challenges. It speaks to their super fandom. Yada bullshit. I don't care. It's pathetic. This should be something you are ashamed of and seeking to remedy. Why is this a point of pride for the producers that they've run out of challenge ideas and are literally now just like handing it to the people who have the most free time on their hands to create their own survivor puzzles? Like, I feel like it just goes against the essence of the show especially when I have to listen to Jeff monologue at least once an episode about how (laughs) different and quick this game moves and how the players never know what to expect. The players are literally building your challenges. That's how easy they are to expect and predict. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's really much more to say there. I Like, the solution to this is pretty simple. Like, you can reuse challenges here and there, but make it like a cycle or something. Or only bring them back every few seasons. This problem Um, would be solved if you just made two people do it, right? If they use the two-person variant, even if Matthew knows it, the other mm -hmm. person isn't. And then he's probably going to get, like, you know, he seems chill. But, like, he there's the potential then that he gets mad at the other person because, like, he knows what he's doing and they just don't. That would be pretty funny. Like, just a missed opportunity. Yeah, and we've even seen that in the past seasons where they've done slight variations on challenges we've seen before. And even just something like that, like a small difference um preventing this from happening (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree overall pretty disappointed by the challenge um especially like it just wasn't close there was just no hype to it at all really i guess like when matt was flying through it there was a little hype but not much overall overall this was just an episode that really didn't get me too hyped again outside of those first three seconds it was it was a weird episode yeah, it just felt like an episode where they were trying to get through stuff, which I guess we'll come back mm-hmm. to. But um, after the challenge, we get hit with this Carson montage of him, how he 3D's printed every puzzle survivors ever had. Now he goes to Georgia Tech. Tim, did you know that Carson worked at NASA? I've never heard that before. Neither has anyone else on this planet. He definitely hasn't brought it up four times each episode or anything. Um, <laughs> so I'm so glad we got that montage where I got to learn more about him. That really, like, you know, justified giving Heidi zero confessionals and Josh zero confessionals and all these other people who got zero. I'm so glad we could learn that Carson works at NASA in case you forgot from when he last said it five minutes before that. (laughs) And also the worst part is that really clickbaited me because I'm like, oh, he's getting the montage. His ass is getting booted off this island. Yay. (laughs) And then it was. I was kind of hoping that would happen. I was, I was so really hoping it would for it. That was the only solace in me having to watch his nerdy 3D printed puzzles. <sighs> and this is coming from a nerd, right? I'm a super nerdy guy. Like, respect a 3D printer, but I, Carson's just the kind of nerd that gets under my skin. More on that. No one right? hates, yeah, no one hates nerds more than other nerds, to be exactly. honest. Exactly. Yep. Facts. Um, so we get. Right away, Sarah hits us with her confessional about her loss of losing her vote. And she just said she's not going to tell her close allies about that. What? Kind of weird strategy, bro. Yeah, I would say in general, it's hard. It was 
seeing that it was kind of going to be hard anyway in an odd number situation to not mm-hmm. have a vote. Yeah. Um, and you could probably tell that the producers were not expecting that to happen. Yeah, I would agree. I guess we'll kind of see it play out with Matt, maybe, because um, he has. Well, the way things are going, Soka's probably going to make it without make it to merge without losing anyone. But but that could be worse for him, right? If he gets to the merge and he can't vote, I yeah, mean, you might want to get these things true. out of the way in the tribal phase, you know, like uh, game. Yeah, start start tanking the challenges. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, that did seem kind of like a weird vote. Um, I feel like we just didn't see enough of what was going on with uh, Sarah and Helen at all. <laughs> I agree. They like made them irrelevant to the episode. I mean, like I like Carolyn, but this shit's just the Carolyn show now. Like that <laughs> is my takeaway from this episode is like uh, it's all about Carolyn and like James there it. too. Yeah, which I uh, like. I like Jam Jam. I like Jim Jam. I like Carolyn. I mean, Jim Jam, like his stock is through the roof for me right now. Proven to be a challenge monster. Seems crazy likable, <laughs> like strategically sound without feeling like he's some genius, which I feel like is going to benefit him. You know, mm-hmm. um, Jim Jam stock through the roof, in my opinion. Um, I also did love the scene where like Jam Jam and Carolyn are talking and then Carson, a little snaky is comes up to them and like, I'm in love with you guys. I'm going to be part of your alliance. Okay, we're besties forever. I'm just playing with those other other gals. Um, and then Caroline just like falls to the ground, like starts throwing wood chips on herself. That was hilarious. She's wonderful. She's like, I noticed annoying, in that scene wonderful. that she was only wearing one sock for some reason. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Man, she is unstable in literally the best she, way. She's the best. She feels like a Kristen Wiig character from like yeah. SNL. Yeah, facts, facts. So going to tribal, um, kind of a boring tribal. I'll be honest, like before say. we even went off to tribal, like in that commercial break, I'm like, OK, it's obviously Helen going home. Like there's just yeah, no other way we, you can look at the votes and think anything else. Yeah. Like because yeah. we knew like it right. mostly could be a didn't have the split. vote. Right. You knew it best for Helen. It was going to be a 2-2 split. And then at that point, Carolyn just plays an idol and she's gone. And like mm-hmm. the votes weren't going to flip to Carson. I was pr- like praying they were randomly going to flip to Carson, but they weren't. It was clear to me from like the start of tribal onwards, Helen was going home. Yeah. Which really sucked. not much you could do there <laughs> as someone who picked her to win. Um, tribal council people on Reddit were actually complimentary. Like we're talking about tribe dynamics. I still felt like tribal council is just an excuse for Jeff and the show to jerk itself off about how hard the game is. But I don't know. Maybe I think it was, slight, it was slightly better, but I still find Tribal's pretty boring. Uh, Jam Jam had, like, one good quote. Like, his one right at the end about, like, siblings that never talk to each other, siblings you can't split apart. Like, I did like that. That was really the only thing that, like, painted any picture to me at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the editing now at Tribal's and everything, like, they've gotten pretty good at editing, so you don't really know what's going to happen in some cases. And it just seems like they they purposefully get rid of some of that important context where you could see where things are going. Because um, they want to, like, make it a surprise, even though there was... Yeah, to make it a surprise. Where, like, if you're watching an earlier season, you can easily tell who's going home. Now it's kind of like, eh. You have to think about it a little harder. Yeah, well, I, Survivor always used to go binary as hell, right? It was between two people... And normally mm-hmm. you can kind of see through which of the one was like a fake exterior. But it's just like when you're dealing with these bigger tribes, right? When you have like two tribes that are 10 people each, 
I think there's a lot more consensus on you kind of vote out the annoying people and like alliances are a lot stronger. Whereas in a six person, like that's pretty slim and it really can be anyone to start. Um, and so I think the edit like makes it seem like it can be anyone all the time, which is probably how it is, except this episode where it's very clear with Helen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to what you said in moments like these, when you see someone who like Helen seemed like someone who had a lot of potential, um, you had her as a winner pick. In times like these, you really wish that we had like two tribes or less advantage or something. Can we get Helen and Queen Jenny back? Oh my gosh, I need both of those two back so badly. They have both been robbed by some absolute people that I can't stand in Daniel and Carson. I want them back so bad. Like with these six person tribes, I genuinely think they should do a pre merge returning season because just six people's six person tribes are just too small to like actually mm-hmm. give your like characters a chance to stand up, you know? Yeah, like we barely knew anything about Helen. They didn't we tell us anything. Get... We don't know anything. About it Helen. was her episode where she went home, and we had to hear Carson <laughs> talk about how he 3D prints stuff for fun because he doesn't have friends. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, they won't even let Helen talk in her episode. Besides, to you know, incorrectly read people on try like on who has an idol. Uh, and then they like her crying in her confessional because she knows she just got like low-key kind of robbed and like not actually robbed like yeah she went home for legit reasons but because someone lost their vote (laughs) because someone lost their vote when they couldn't choose whether they wanted to take the risk or not survivor's all about choices until it isn't and then jeff tells you you know it's like oh you should have played better yeah oh should (laughs) have pulled the rock out of the bag way better you you could have felt it harder i don't know yeah i also felt like there's some like really weird awkward silence when she got get voted out like there's no i guess there's no music in the tribal as much anymore um, yeah but something just felt so off like it was dead silent they showed everyone's faces for like way too long well i think i think the problem was that, like the only person who didn't know helen was going home that night was helen like all the viewers knew it so we kind of prepared for it like the tribe obviously all knew it i I think Sarah had to tell Carson about her lack of a vote, right? Otherwise, I don't think he flips quite that eagerly. I could be wrong about that. Um, Hashtag survivor blindside. And I really shouldn't be giving Carson too much flack because if I'm in his spot, yeah, I'm absolutely flipping there too. Like, there's no point in 2-2 deadlocking it and then switching your vote when it comes to rocks. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he made the right play unless he really wanted to flush the idol, which, yeah, he he made the right play. I just don't like him, so... I'm going to bitch yeah. about him instead. So how did we feel overall about this episode? I felt really underwhelmed by this episode, which is what I said last week, too. 44 is just not like the characters are there, but something about it isn't clicking for me yet. Like, I think Jam Jam is going to be really interesting. Like, Carolyn Monopoly screen time too much for me this episode. That's not her fault. That's the editor's fault. Um, I think there's characters, but so far I haven't seen anything that's made me go, this is a good season so far. Yeah, I feel like... In the first episode, we were talking kind of about people were talking about how chaotic it is. Gabon 2.0, as some people called it. There's been it nothing feels like chaotic about this. It feels like it's maybe just engineered chaos from the edit. Yeah, it's advantages and like Gabon was purposefully leaving each other and purposefully like, leaving out crucial information yeah. so that people's moves seem dumb. It's. I guess that's probably always been Survivor, but it seems like this is a bit different. 
No, I think I think you nailed it there with engineered chaos and why this feels different than like a Gabon where it's just crazy people doing crazy things. This just feels like it's a a very slanted angle they're trying to take and giving us a very skewed point of view of events and of what's going on on the beach to fit whatever their narratives ultimately going to amount to. Um, I do think just in general, this season kind of lacks a a driving light for me, like. 41 it kind of felt like it was the new era right now that's what we that's what our theme Mm -hmm. was in terms of storytelling in 42 our theme was like the crazy personalities of marianne and like jonathan and these larger than life people who really kind of like exemplify a certain stereotype maybe Mm -hmm. um 43 was you know the lawlessness of it all and things like that i just feel like 44's theme to your point has been like they're trying to make it chaos, but it just doesn't feel chaotic at all outside of Carolyn's confessionals where she talks about playing with her son's poop. Yeah, we haven't really seen any standouts right off the bat, aside from maybe Carolyn um, getting a lot of screen time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I guess, obviously, people have had more screen time than others, but there hasn't really been like a Jesse character like we had last season or Carlo, which we kind of got right away, to be honest. Like, yeah, kind of saw those people coming out right away and mm-hmm. seeing how they play here. It's kind of like all these people kind of suck. Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> feel like people are like, well, playing not that. really suck. I actually like a lot of the cast. I think they're all pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I just feel like, like we're not seeing any interesting moves or interesting Anything. We're just spending too much time on on the narrative the game is forcing on us of bird cages and idols and mm-hmm. yeah. again, I think small tribes make it hard because half your episode, which is like the challenge tribal council and like the the point in between them is dedicated exclusively to one tribe, which is only six people. I mean, at this point, it's four of them, four of them left, right? So you're just always going to get a very slanted narrative towards whichever tribe ends up going to tribal council. Which yeah. has always been, but when you have more people there, you're still learning about more of them, you know? Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about next week? We'll get into it next I, week. I do, actually. I normally don't have strong opinions on, like, the scenes from next week. But the last clip, which was Danny, like, talking about how he's going to be Peter Pan, and then they show him, like, doing a cartwheel and sneaking <laughs> around in the woods. I'm hyped. I, Someone, I love Danny so far. Yeah, I was curious what he was eating someone on reddit said he was eating he was eating the idol piece of paper which is hilarious i don't know he just seems like someone who's like you know we give carol a lot of credit for being authentic i think he just also seems really authentic to who he is i think that makes for good television yeah and we kind of saw that a little that's my problem with carson is he seems like the least authentic person he seems like he's really constructing the narrative of this nerdy nasa guy do you know he Mm -hmm. works at nasa by the way it's like he's just no. kind of forcing this on us, whereas Carolyn's like, yeah, I'm just a crazy bitch, and it's funny. Um, yeah, and, and I, we kind of saw that a little bit last season with Cody, like kind of this like chill dude have, having a lot of fun, and then it just kind of disappeared after like the first few episodes. Hopefully, this I love the of, chill like, dude edits. I'm such a yeah, fan of them. I, I'm hoping this sticks around through the game if he lasts that long. Um, I hope he I goes agree. pretty far. Um, anything else from what we saw kane plays with the sword <laughs> i didn't even see that yeah no i had nothing else besides for danny danny's acrobatics stealing the show for me yeah it was just a really chaotic preview 
which yeah. I guess it always is. But uh, just in summary, though, like, what were my high points of this episode? And it was literally the first three seconds, the theme song and then the scene <laughs> from next week. And I think that kind of summarizes how I feel about this episode. Just didn't matter. And the no love for the showmance. Showmance gets a little bit of love. That'll get bullet point three. But to your point, that's like the slow build. Right, that's like the the plot line that's in the background of each sitcom episode. Like we're getting there, and I'm sure it will star in an episode at some point, but it's not starring in an episode yet. It's the series arc, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I'm cool. The season, the season arc. Right. Or maybe it is a series arc. Maybe they both come back and oh revive that showman. They come back as married as a married couple. Them versus uh, Boston Robin. Blood versus water. Uh, yeah. That would be good. Um. All right. Do we have anything else? I think we no. should wrap up. I think we should wrap up. Thanks for tuning All right. in, folks. It was a yeah, thanks pleasure for tuning chatting in. with you. This has been Buffs and Blindsides. Um, yeah, see you next week.